0: The man. I need not know. I need a man.
1: Greetings, programs, and welcome to another installment of Big in Japan here on the Fan Holes Podcast. I'm Justin and I'll be your host. And joining me tonight is one of my fellow fan holes. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
2: I'm holding up a sign that says, Hey guys, what's up? This is Derek, but it's in funny Japanese kanji, and I'm a gigantic panda bear.
1: Derek, you you know I love you, but you are so uncute. Uh,
2: Yeah, I am. (laughs) I'm totally uncute. I I, uh, I also cut my hair really really short for no reason. So.
1: Well, if you can't tell from that introduction, uh, on this episode we will be discussing the animated series Rama One Half. Uh, this is an animated series that ran from 1989 to 1992. There are three animated films and Holy Cow. There are 12 OVAs, none of which I've seen actually.
2: I've I've not seen well. I guess to to pull back the veil, I I wouldn't say this is the first time I've seen Ronma, but this is the first time I've made a concerted effort to to watch Ronma. Like I I went out and got all the Blu-ray sets of the TV series and I yeah noticed. I yeah so
1: I wanted to ask you like I know you know when to further pull back the veil when you, Tony, and I were discussing an anime thing month, it got so out of control that I just decided, like, hey, let's just make a new show. And one of the shows that me and Tony threw around was Rama half. And I was kind of curious. I know you went and bought all the Blu-rays to kind of, like, prepare for this. So I'm like, has Derek watched this before, or is he just going, like, I, into it?
2: I've seen, like, uh, it, it's interesting. Like, I think before we started doing this, I I'd seen maybe the first dozen or so episodes and the reason why I knew about it I I guess it was kind of twofold but the the main thing I'll attribute it to is the group of friends that I had that introduced me to Cowboy Bebop that you know lived in Union City and everything you know I, I would come back from from college from Loyola Marymount and hang out with some of them and everything and and I remember this one time when I came back you know, they, they were the ones who introduced me to Cowboy Bebop. So that's how, you know, I sort of learned about that series. I ended up buying it on DVD, and then, I don't know, a few years later, that's when it got big on Cartoon Network and all that stuff. But that group of friends, like, they they were heavily invested in Ranma, one half. I, I am pretty sure they either, you know, religiously were getting the manga as new chapters were coming out, and they probably, I, I assume they also watched the anime, but uh, but I remember them distinctly being really, really, really into the manga. So I knew about it, and then the other tie that I had to it was, like most of us, and we've probably talked about this on the show before. I frequently watched Inuyasha on, you know, Adult Swim, and I think having enjoyed watching that series there's the the tie that this shares the same creator so I was also kind of interested in you know it kind of was like one of those instances where I sort of put two and two together and and kind of went oh yeah that's that manga that my friends really liked and also the person who you know Created that manga as the same person who worked on Inuyasha, and by that point, I was kind of like, "Oh yeah, well, you know, th- this seems to be such a well-respected and loved series." I was like, "You know what? I-, I should, I should watch this." You know, and and I did with good intentions. I think I had had downloaded a few episodes of it. Like I said, I, I watched maybe a dozen or so, and I think, like all good intention things. Where we don't podcast about them, you know. Sometimes I lose track of it, and that was definitely something where I, I watched about a dozen or so episodes, and then not that I, you know, disliked it or anything. It's just I, you know, the real world got in the way, and, and I sort of lost track of it. But when you when you brought this up again, I, I thought, oh, well, this is my excuse, you know, like this is my excuse to pick that back up and and finish watching, you know, and or reading, you know, a, a well respected, beloved you know anime manga series that you know I I feel like I probably always saw in ads in like comic books or something I feel like you know when I was back buying those pamphlet Viz Dragon Ball comics because the anime was not released stateside yet and I wanted to know the adventures of little Goku I feel like I always saw ads for for Ranma in those you know because Viz was always pimping that and And re-releasing it and everything and i think even in in preparation for tonight like i I finally started looking at some of the manga and like it's kind of cool like there's even like you know color versions of them and you know how i you know adore (laughs) yeah you know colorized manga so i was like ooh, you know there's even even like the the colored comics versions of them that that viz released so that was that was exciting for me too so that all those things kind of you know sort of conspired and then in addition like the the reason why i bought all those sets it was i guess like a christmas present to myself pulling back the veil but it was um right stuff anime was having a sale um leading up to to the holidays and everything so i think i got all seven sets for like like 25 bucks a piece which i think is pretty pretty decent like it it was a pretty good sale and I figured hey what the heck you know I'll just get it all in one shot and I'm sure me and Justin will have fun talking about it and you know obviously like to this point I have watched the the first season now of of Ranma one half so that's that's kind of where I stand with that and I've I've you know sort of reviewed some of the manga that corresponds with that first season and as as Justin mentioned but maybe our listeners cannot see yet I also was curious enough to check out the live-action film that uh, was—I I don't know if it was recently released—but it definitely is something that was, you know, new to me. And and I, I don't think it spoiled too much of the series up to what I have seen. So I, I went ahead and, and gave that a watch too, just just for giggles. So that's that's kind of where I am with with Ronda. <laughs>
1: Uh as for me, like I, I was also introduced to it uh through a friend who also introduced me to Cowboy Bebop. He was getting like bootleg D V D sets from some site off the internet. And I wasn't crazy about it to be honest, but I think it was it was one of those things where it's like if I'm forced to watch something, like with a friend, like I kinda like rebel against it because like he would and go over to his house, and he'd be like, "Oh man, I got the new like Rama set." And I'm like, "What's Rama?" So we watched a few episodes, and I'm like, "I'm like, oh, this this is okay, but like, you, you, can we like, can we play like Dynasty Warriors? Can we go outside? Like, can we do something else?" He's like, "No, I gotta watch these right now." I'm like, "Oh." I okay.
2: I I feel like I I don't I don't share the experience with Rama, but I I do understand that that notion of a, a friend who desperately wants to get someone into something and sort of makes you watch something like i, I think that's that's why it, it's funny there there's a thread uh, about you know old school internet entertainment and i think they were covering like the the strong bad stuff that thread over on bot talk and all i could flash back to is that was my experience with strong bad emails was i didn't just yeah. discover one and it was funny and, and then i kept watching them no i knew nothing about it and then it was like sit down you got to watch all 463 of these now and it was just like all right all right and it's like isn't this funny and after you're on like you know 400 you know 21 you're just like oh jesus christ come on man like let let me go you know so so i totally that, i totally can relate to that
1: that that was actually my same exact experience with that as well so like i totally get that and like uh one of my old roommates, like, he was huge, he- heavily, like, fanatically in love with the show Scrubs. He It was the same thing with Rama all over again. He was like, oh, man, this is the greatest, like, sitcom ever. you got to watch it. And I watched a couple episodes, and I was like, this is okay. And then, like, he had already seen the whole series, and then he had set the DVR to, like, constantly record it. And, like, very soon, like, the DVR was full of nothing but Scrubs, so, like, The stuff I wanted to record, like there was no room for it. Like this is back when, like (laughs) this is back when, like Death Note was coming on, like brand new episodes every Saturday, and I'm like, "There's no room for Death Note." So I would like go in and secretly delete a whole bunch of episodes of Scrubs, and we we, like had kind of an argument about. He's like, "Dude, you're deleting my Scrubs." I'm like, "That's cause it's on. Like that's all there is. Like it's Scrubs, Scrubs, Scrubs. I'm sick of Scrubs." But like, you know, four or five years later, I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna give Scrubs." Uh, a second chance I sat down and watched it on Netflix and I loved it like I think it's great but I think like I said if I'm like forced to watch something like no man you gotta watch it. it's awesome like I kind of like I kind of like want to rebel rebel against it and kind of like get away from it
2: so at, at what point did you did you come back to Ranma based on on you know this kind of discourse we're having about sort of the the first time you were exposed to it it was a little more forceful so you didn't You didn't glom onto it right away but like when did you come back to it and sort of what keyed you into it where you you started to actually you know enjoy it of its own accord without any kind of you know superfluous baggage attached to it
1: it kind of goes back to something you mentioned where like you mentioned you would always see like ads for my different magazines and things like i remember that too and like i was at a friend's house and i think we were like looking at old issues of like toy fair from you know like late 90s early 2000s and i saw an ad for rama i think it was like you know probably like an early dvd release or something and i was like oh yeah that's that show like my friend was crazy about and i was like you know what i should i should like sit down and give this an actual chance like a do-over because it you know it's you know like you said it's like a classic anime series it's a classic you know uh Manga work. I was like, I'm oh, gonna I want to give this uh, a legit chance and that's kind of where that started Like I just sat down, you know started watching the first DVD set I was like, man, this is great. Like like I, I totally see like what my friend fell in love with all those years ago I do like I'm just sad he like made me hate it like back then because it's awesome But I guess we should go ahead and like discuss this series a little bit and it's a weird series to talk about that's why I was like I hope Derek didn't go into this blind because He's in for some weirdness, but like, to easily summarize the series, I'll just like regurgitate the season two intro because it's so like, since succinctly like tells you the story. Ranma of Saito Tommy School. If anything, kills martial arts. Akane of the Tendo Dojo. Their fathers decided they should get engaged. There's just one thing complicating Rama's life. When Rama is doused with cold water, he becomes a she. And I, I guess I should further mention that uh, you know, we're discussing season one, and we're going by the DVD Blu-ray season order. And I, I bring this up because the original season one of Rama was only 18 episodes long, and then it was canceled and then reworked and retitled and relaunched. But the DVD Blu-ray sets all include 23 episodes, so technically we'll be discussing five episodes of season two.
2: Yeah, yeah. I when I was keeping tabs on that as I was watching the first season, you know, I noticed, you know, you sort of got used to the opening of the first season of Ranma, you know, and that sort of jingle jangle song gets in your head a lot where you're like you know, and you're like don You know, and so so that's like stuck in your head, but but the way the viz sets go, you know, interspersed in there, and and they seem to be in the proper order, maybe per se. But but it, it, you know, uh, there's a couple episodes in that quote unquote season one set that actually have the you know, uh, like you're saying, the the retooled intro and and setup for the series. So it, it's kind of it's kind of funny where where you go back and forth between those two intros but they they clearly seem to be in the proper order because some of those episodes reference things that happened in the previous episodes so i was like well let you know i was like it, it seems it kind of makes sense the 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 order that viz decided to release them and as far as like you know, chronologically versus you know maybe the the official japanese air date which might be a little confusing you know
1: so I guess we'll go ahead and we'll talk about maybe some of the main characters and then you know m- maybe from there we'll go into like favorite episodes or favorite moments but like kind of I'm kind of curious like your thoughts of some of these characters because like some of them like I genuinely love and adore and some of them I can't really stand but like what do you think of like Ronma like the main character like do you think he's like kind of like uh, a a put upon like kind of like you know, got that old like Parker Luck kind of character, or do you think he's like kind of a jerk?
2: I I guess I I guess I've always been inclined to identify with a lead protagonist as long as the the series is written well, and I don't I don't think Ranma is any exception. You know, I I I I mean, especially because I think maybe you know I'm a male, so I mean I. I it's almost like, you know, who else are you going to identify with? I don't think I'm quite old enough, or or have enough years behind me, or experience to say that I could identify with his father, or you know, the the father of the the you know the Tendo school. You know, like because I don't have three daughters. You know, I, I don't have a son. But Ranma, I I've been. I mean, you know, I I haven't been where Ranma's been per se nobody's splashed cold water on me and I haven't turned into a girl <laughs> but I mean I've I've been as old as Ranma's been I've been you know in kind of you know these these moonlighting you know fiery exchanges with with females before you know what I mean like so I I I can at least you know connect to that part of it you know I you know there, there I've definitely been in rivalries with with guys or whatever you know or at least you know that 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 there have been you know clashes between you know people at school or you get into fights or whatever it is so it's like i mean i that that part of it i could kind of get you know like i could kind of get behind all that stuff so i don't i guess i don't i don't think of him as a jerk but then again i suppose maybe from a, a female fan's perspective maybe they identify more with akane you know, and, and 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 you know, as we joked, you know, the whole, you know, it, it, you know, me, I, I did watch this in the dub version of it, you know, so there is the the dialogue where he, you know, he's always basically telling her, you know, man, you're so uncute, you know, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I could see that from somebody's point of view, but I don't, I don't think I've ever thought of Ronma as a jerk necessarily. It seems like he's he's thrust into a situation that is very much based on tradition and and an agreement that he really had no part in drafting you know it's it's this you know sort of notion of an arranged marriage you know so it in some ways you're like you know to to me from my perspective as a, a western audience member you know an arranged marriage is something that while i understand it conceptually i think you know that's something where i i would lean more towards you know to answer your question i think he's more the put-upon character because he didn't really sign up for that you know what i mean like he was just a kid you know or 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 not even conceived when when this was all drafted and set up and everything so so i mean and that's that's part of the comedy that comes from it i mean i I feel like i feel like ron mutt himself is a very kind of fantastical shakespearean character in a way because it it reminds me a lot of like 12th night where you've got like the two twins and the the girls dressed as a boy, and the you know that whole kind of setup, and so like there's there's that aspect to it as well, but only in this case it's like they're not just you know the girls not just dressed up as a boy. It's like literally it's this fantasy element where you just splash some cold water on Ranma, and, and then he turns into a girl. So and then and then you know it's it's one of these kind of hilarity ensues type situations where it it gets all sort of threes company but with a sort of Japanese dynamic to it. So I mean you know I I, I did I I think it took me a little bit. Like I said, I mean even when I watched those first couple episodes when I was originally viewing it, I sort of got it. But I, I think it takes a little while to sort of warm up to the whole scenario and and kind of you know w- once you kind of understand the rules and you can wrap your head around everything then you know you're kind of on board for the long run and it becomes one of these shows that's as master splinter might say you know it, it's one of your stories quote unquote you know like you know gonna say Raphael i'm watching my stories you know and i, I feel like it, it's got that sort of soap operatic elements to it where you're wondering you know will will Ranma and Akane get together like are they going to be happy like that kind of thing even even if it's an arranged situation they they do have a very sort of fiery moonlighting type relationship as well so you're you you are kind of rooting for them to to get together and be happy I think or at least I think that's the idea of the the show
1: yeah, I mean, as for myself, like, I do like Rama, and I, I agree with you, like, he's he's very much put upon, mostly by his dad, who's, like, totally, totally kind of, like, an unscrupulous uh, schemer, like, wheeler and dealer, like, he, I mean, basically, like, once he sold Rama off into marriage for a meal, that was, like, right, <laughs> was an egg, ass. and, like, a, uh, you know, like, a, a fish or something, and then he, like, stole him back or something. Yeah, that was, so, that like, was you know, a funny episode. Like, not only is he put upon by his dad with all these, like, arranged marriages that he has no clue about, but, like, on top of that, like, he has the misfortune of, you know, falling into that cursed pool and becoming a girl, like, whenever he, he's doused with water. And, he, you know, his dad has this line, he's like, you know, Ranma, like, this is from martial arts, and you should be prepared to give your life. He's like, yeah, my life, but not my manhood. <laughs> like, that line always, like, you know, like, like, it cracks me up, but then when you think about it, you're like, yeah, like, he... He probably was prepared to, like, give up his life for his training. I mean, he's, like, you know, swimming from Japan to China, which is totally out of this world, like, wackiness and everything. But, like, you know, he he is very much put upon by his dad. But uh, I I like Rama. Sometimes he is, like, he's totally a jerk to a a Kane. Sometimes she deserves it. You know, sometimes she doesn't. And, you know, kind of like you said, like, you know, they have such a fiery, like, relationship you know, sometimes they're very nice to each other and they'll fight for each other, like, in certain situations. But a lot of the times they end up fighting with each other.
2: Right, right. I mean, there there is that weird dynamic where even though they are essentially teenagers in a prearranged situation where they are each other's fiance, there is also the aspect where they kind of bicker like an old married couple. And and that's why everybody kind of yucks it up because it's like, oh, you guys might as well get married. I mean, you already act married, you know? Like that's that's kind of what's funny about it in some in some way. It's 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 almost like they they're too young to realize that they they're already sort of that kind of couple to begin with. But I, I guess I guess what always throws a, a monkey wrench in the works is is maybe some of the other characters that we'll end up talking about. Like all these potential rivals for the affection of the fiance. And it's not just limited to there being a number of male rivals who want the affection of Akane, but but there's also a number of, of uh female rivals to Akane for the affections of Ranma. And then because Ranma can switch back and forth, depending on the temperature of water that he gets splashed with, there's also (laughs) people that are rivals for Akane's affection that are also interested in Ranma. So, I mean, it just leads to all kinds of crazy (laughs) hijinks, basically.
1: Yeah, I, I think it goes back to something like... I think you and I were talking about concerning, like, Dragon Ball series, where, like, you know, the Dragon Ball series starts out very small with, like, just, you know, Goku and Krillin They're training with Re- Master Roshi. And to, like, keep the audience interest, like, through the very series, it's, like, it's a series of, like, threats that are, like, further escalated to, like, you know, to keep things interesting and to have, like, you know, great... Exciting battles and whatnot. I mean like right now Dragon Ball Super We're we're at the point where like Goku is like fighting with gods and that's such a like Like out of this world escalation from where you know, like he just wanted to like win a martial arts tournament And That's kind of like the same thing you have applied to Ranma It's like just the concept of a boy who can turn into a girl and is engaged to her like that's just a wacky enough concept but then you're constantly like throwing curveballs where you have like various characters who were introduced like they have their own agenda like they have their own romance with various characters like like you said it's like you know shampoo loves male type rama but like she hates like she wants to kill girl type rama right and you have like and you have characters who have like their own unique transformations as well you know it's like shampoo turns into a cat and rama is like scared to death of cats so when he sees like Cat Shampoo like he freaks out and goes into his cat food mode. And he like he's freaking out, you know, it's just it's so like Wacky and full of hijinks I think that's like what draws me into this series because you never know what what's gonna happen and you never know like how these various alliances and relationships are gonna work out. It's kind of like one of my favorite characters is actually Ryoga and when he starts out like Ryoga is uh <laughs> But whenever I think of Ryoga, I I'm like, poor Ryoga, like he's so dumb, he's so <laughs> lost. He has, he has like no sense of direction. And then, you know, he, he's just this rival for Ranma and Rama has like no clue what this guy's so mad about. And you're like, Okay, like Ryoga is gonna be like Rama's like martial arts rival but then they throw a wrench into that where Ryoga is also cursed, he becomes a little pig. Well Akane finds him as a pig and She's like, oh, what a cute pig and she like kisses it and from that point on Ryoga is like totally head over heels In love with Akane and he's always like like he kind of wants to be a pig and like sleep with her and like you know, Nuzzle himself like between her boobs or whatnot because like he's so like in love with her and I think that's like an interesting like That's like an interesting further twist like, you know, Ryoga is not just a rival for, like, martial arts, but he's a rival for, like, Akane's affections. And he's, like... And, you know, Rama's always accusing him. He's, like, you're so low, man. Like, you just want to, like, be a pig and sleep with Akane.
2: I I think we are secret brothers in this instance because I do enjoy the series once Ryoga is added as an element. I mean, you've got... You've got Kendo, right? Like, the, the kind of stock standard... Rival for Akane's affections, which I, I, you know, for me, I'm like paying attention to all these sort of dub actors and everything. And it, it might be fun to mention that Akane's father, Tendo, is voiced by David Kay, who it, most people would know from, say, like Beast Wars, you know, as Megatron, but also, you know, appearing on shows like gundam wing for instance and i i did have a lot of those like hey i i know that voice from gundam wing you know and so you know kendo's got the the voice from wu fei basically the same voice actor and everything and, and you've got these kind of standard stock rivals where his whole deal is he's sort of very traditionalistic in a sense like he's dressed up kind of like you know, a samurai, he's basically the kendo champ on school, he's supposed to be, you know, the. I mean, essentially, if this was an American piece, he'd be like a king shit jock who played football. But in this case, he's like a king shit jock, who is like the kendo champ, pretty much. And, you know, most other Rivals for Akane's affection couldn't stand up to his fighting skills, but Ranma is obviously the protagonist, and he's the most skilled in in fighting. And I, I, you know, I appreciate that dynamic and that setup, but I, I don't think I was quite as engaged in that. Like until I saw Ryoga, because Ryoga was just kind of funny because of his kind of. He's obviously a skilled fighter, but he, like you said, his sense of direction and, and just his, his kind of idiocy just leads to so many things that are naturally funny. And I, I think maybe some stuff felt a little forced to me, but I, I felt like Ryoga's comedy just seemed very much to be organic. Especially because he falls into the spring that turns him into the pig... And I love that first sequence where he's basically the, the you know, they, they do a lot of these flashbacks to the spring where they, they meet, like, the, the Chinese park guard who basically is always, you know, expositing to whoever's there of what's going on. He's the one who explains the situation between, you know, that shampoo comes from a tribe of, like, Amazon women and, you know, what was done to wrong her and why she wants to kill the the female Ranma because you know he bested or she bested her in combat you know versus you know what happens when a male bests her in combat then it's like maxima and she wants to jump his bones and everything like that so you've got that dynamic going on but then the 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 chinese park official basically explains you know oh you know he, he fell into the water and turned into a pig but they don't know that at the time so it's like he catches the pig, and if not for trying to put him in boiling hot water to eat him, then like that's that's kind of like my favorite scene where he turns back into a man who's naked. And he's like, "You were gonna
0: fucking eat me," you
2: know? <laughs> like, and so it's like it's like that kind of stuff. I mean, I, you know, it, it's it's very much played for laughs, and, and you're not supposed to take it seriously at all. And and most times it's just. It's usually a really fun time, and 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 the the funny part is, I think, in some ways, it's it, it serves as a sense of symbolism of maybe being a, a male who feels sort of impotent in the face of a, a female he might like, and it's like literally translated because you've got Ryoga who who is hung up on a cone but then at the merest kind of instance of cold water he can turn into this little pig and be peach on and it's like it's funny how like he he gets these kind of winds of of a backbone or he's like finally i'm gonna leave i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that and i'm gonna fight you and i'm gonna make things good for me and there's nothing you can do to stop me and then he'll get like splashed with the cold water and it's like whoops I guess you're a pig again I guess there is something that can stop you you know and then and then it's like he's screwed you know which is kind of funny and and that can happen to you know a great many of the characters and and it's fun to see once you have the rules of the game established to to see that get turned on its head or transferred to other characters and see how that continuously plays into the comedy because it like three's company or something it, it's all it all comes from or even you know twelfth night like i said it's shakespearean where it all comes from the audience is in on all the rules and all the scenarios but the other characters are usually blind to it you know a does doesn't know akane doesn't like she's like this is p what why do you keep saying that it's ryoga like you're crazy yeah, she's like, like don't bully
1: it p and right, she'll like hit right. Ram over there sometimes. you know
2: and, and that's where that's where a lot of the comedy springs from or or the fact that you know shampoo you know do, doesn't know that that you know she, she didn't realize that the the female Ronma was different from the male Ronma, you know. So it's like, or, or or even even Kendo, like he, it's like that that can kind of get a little creepy, but it's it's funny where he's like, "I love you, pigtailed girl," you know, and stuff. And then Ron having like nightmares about you know this dude who's supposed to be you know he's supposed to get into a fist fight with or whatever, but then he's also said, "I love you,"
1: so yeah. Well, we've we've mentioned this character very briefly, but uh, you know, like I said, Rama is engaged to Akane Tendo, and she's kind of a headstrong, stubborn. Like Rama calls her a tomboy, much to her like displeasure. Uh, she's like a, she's a very fiery character. Like honestly, I'm I'm not that crazy about Akane. Like I just I, I just don't like that kind of like character type but there are certain moments when like I'm rooting for her like when they're kind of like you know when they're not fighting or when they're actually like kind of like caring about each other or when you know Rama does something out of his own you know out of the goodness of his own heart to like help Akane like when he he's, he's always getting dragged into these various like wacky martial arts competition like martial arts skating martial arts gymnastics And he doesn't have to do this stuff really but he kind of he does it to help akane and i i always like that like i honestly i'm not i'm not really crazy about akane
2: i was doing like mental gymnastics because when i first was watching the show akane sounded to me like the the voice actress who did kitty pride in x-men evolution or mari maya and then, when I looked her up, it wasn't the same actress, and I was kind of, like, scratching my head go, oh, she sounds so much like her, you know? And then, the the other thing I thought was, I go, I wonder if this is a, like, one of those whole, like, Steve Bloom, David Lucas things, like, where, you know, maybe she had to change her name because it was, you know, non-union work or something like that, but I don't know, I, I didn't do enough research on it, but I, I, I was convinced that it was the same girl, but m- maybe it's not. But I, I do, I did like the VA. I, I guess I can see what you're saying, like, that, you know, you're not 100% keen on Akane. I think I think that I, I guess it's one of those things where maybe some of the superficial nature I can see that with, but like, when, like kind of like when you're explaining, you know, when, when Ranma kind of sticks up for her and she acknowledges that, you know, like the, the kind of moments they share where, you know, she's she's hurt, and then, you know, he, he gives her the piggyback ride, you know, like, they, that that's that moment where they, they, they sort of connect as a couple, or at least, you know, on, on some kind of emotional level, and, and they actually have kind of like an intimate relationship beyond you know, I guess, like, what we're describing as, you know, a prearranged marriage, you know, it's not, it, it wasn't because they had to do it, it's because they wanted to do it, you know, they they wanted to compete in the crazy skating martial arts tournament thing, or, you know, they, they wanted to, you know, or, or even, like, when, when I, I, I think it's, like, one of those things where, as much as, as Akane hems and haws about Ranma, I think, maybe you know this is me being misogynistic or whatever but it's like whenever there's a rival for Ranma's affections she clearly like whether she admits it to herself or not it clearly gets under her skin you know like shampoo being there gets under her skin or what's his face is like Kuno's sister the one that she gets into that big weird like ribbon fight with I'm trying to remember what her name was but you know obviously like they 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 have their own sort of rivalry and confrontation and everything so uh, I think it's uh is it Kasumi? I think I don't know. Anyway, It's Kodachi the Black oh, Road Kodachi. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So like, you know, but but yeah, you've got you've got Kodachi and Shampoo and I'm I'm sure as the series progresses maybe there's going to be tons more you know of these sort of potential rivals for for both characters and everything, but you know I, I guess I, I you know you know what it is Akane is like one of those lowest lane characters where you know to some people it's like they're like what a bitch and to other people <laughs> you know it's like they see kind of like their 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 wherewithal and their spunk and their fire and and kind of go oh I get why a dude like Rama would fall in love with a woman like that, you know what i mean like because cause of of who she is and how she tries to stand alone and you know even even if it's the tomboy thing you know, and you know yeah, so i mean it's it's you know i mean i i don't you know you, you may even say maybe Akane's not for me you know quote unquote me but but I, I can see at least why. Why she's the right girl for Rama, if that makes any sense.
1: they have also talked about this character very briefly, but uh, one of uh, Rama's other love interest is Shampoo, who, as you said earlier, is a Chinese Amazon, and she's also cursed. She fell into the same one of the same cursed pools in Jusenko, and she becomes a cat when she's doused in cold water. Like, I, as for me, like I like Shampoo. <laughs> like, I think. I think she's funny. She cracks me up, yeah. and like, you know, she, I, to to me, she's more appealing than Akane.
2: Well, th- there's there's a certain appeal in that, that you know, that sort of ignorance, I guess. You know, like she's, I guess you could call it, the, you know, that the naivete is attractive in her. But but I mean, it, it is very kind of, you know, she's she's oblivious to certain things. And, and then there's also that aspect that, you know, even though this is, you know, a Japanese show and, and she's Chinese, it's like there's that whole aspect of that she is, you know, from another country she's trying to find her way and she also doesn't really understand completely like certain scenarios and situations and so comedy springs from that because she comes from a different society and, and, and she sort of adheres to different sets of rules and everything. So there there can be that, that unintentional comedy that comes from the way she approaches things versus the how everyone else on the show would approach something. But yeah, I mean, you no, know, she's a she's a cute girl and um you know the, but but then again you know you, you do have that kind of I mean she she has one of the more serious things where it's like it, it's funny but it's not that funny where you're like she just gave you the kiss of death you know and it's like you know to her that's serious like she is, she is trying to kill the female Ranba and she does at one point try to kill Akane so, so there is that aspect to her where you know even though some of this is yucks and laughs and stuff like that I mean she she is deathly serious about trying to kill uh, Ranma and Akane at certain
1: points. <laughs> I, I love how she she never walks into a room. She always just bursts in through the wall like the fucking Kool Aid Man. <laughs> like ni hao, wo i ni. Ranma's like I gotta get out of here. <laughs>
2: I like how, I like how the the guy's like, well, your friend just busted up my restaurant, so you're gonna pay for that. And he's like, she's not
1: my friend! And <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I ain't paid for nothing, man. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, i mean this is this is good stuff i mean i i think i think it's one of those things where like i said it, i'm gonna be like master splinter with this kind of stuff where i just i i get into it i enjoy watching my quote-unquote stories i i think it's fun to to look at and and to to this point to me it doesn't seem like the manga is that divergent from what I've seen of of the anime i mean it i I haven't come across any of the quote unquote dreaded i don't know if there are any, but you know I haven't come across any you know dreaded filler episodes or anything that doesn't have much to do with the manga you know it seems like most of it kind of goes hand in hand the The only thing that I sort of noticed was there's this funny thing of like when when you look at things like you know how maybe a a superhero like Batman or Superman looked in the golden age and then they look a little different in their current incarnation like it's funny because I I, you know I'll jokingly refer to it as quote-unquote golden age female Ranma but when you look at some of those early comics even when they're quote-unquote colored like it, it seems like they in the anime they made a specific decision to make the female Rama super distinct by giving her red hair and and you know, the boy Rama has the dark hair. But it seems like in some of those early comics the way it's shaded and colored, even if it's in black and white, but when you look at the color versions too, like they are both, you know, raven haired, you know, whether it's the boy or the girl. So I, I thought that was kinda I don't know, just something that was interesting that I took note of
1: are there any episodes you want to talk about or like any any uh favorite moments or anything you want to like get into specifically
2: um i'm trying to think i mean like like i said i mean i i really really do like ryoga i i think i think the, his whole introduction and the fact that he he was basically like like i love how like there's the moments where you know he, he's trying to get directions from all these you know quote-unquote country bumpkin people because he's like i need to go to tokyo and they're like tokyo man you ain't in tokyo boy like you gotta go down that way and keep going straight and they intend him to go like straight on the road but he takes it literally where he's like keep going straight keep going straight and it kind of reminded me a little <laughs> bit of like golden boy or something where it's like study 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 yeah you know and he just like rides his bike off the fucking hill but like ryoga is kind of the same way it's like this one track mind where he's like keep going straight keep going straight and instead of like running down the road he like basically like, runs through the railing, and ends up going back to the same fucking place that he started, and it's like, I don't know, that, that kind of stuff is, like, hilarious, and then, and then, you know, Ranma's reaction to it, where he's like, I waited, like, for four days, <laughs> and you still weren't there, you know, at this, this, this pre fight, and, like, the, the funny part is, it's like, it's like that whole, like, you know, Broly got his toe stubbed by Goku crying as a little baby in the pod it's like why does Ryoga like hate Ranma it's like cause he always like stole all the cool bread at the all boys school when it was like cafeteria time so it's like I don't know it's just like all all that kind of stuff cracks me up where he's like he's like you stubbed my toe you stole the good bread and like I I like how like eventually Ranma's like alright alright here you go here's a whole bunch of bread is this cool like are we okay now like you know I I, it's like I thought of all the different types of bread like here they are like can you leave me alone now you know so I I don't know that 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 I I think their relationship and their rivalry like really kind of got the show pumping for me and then and then I think I think shampoo I was definitely looking forward to because I I feel like I had heard about her you know because she has a figure arts and you know, because I said I had, you know, friends that were into the manga and and all this other kind of stuff. So so I feel like she she was a little built up beforehand, but I, I think she delivers, even though she was built up a bit. You know, like you know how sometimes you have that fear of, oh, somebody talks up a movie or talks up a character and then when you finally get to it you're like, Well, what was so great about that? But I think I think Shampoo was kind of she she delivered. She didn't I uh, she did not garner that reaction from me.
1: I think uh, two of my favorite episodes, like, one of them is Ryoga Heavy. It's uh, episode 9, True Confessions. A girl's hair is her life. And it has, like, it has that scene where, like, an old woman asks Ryoga for directions, and they get lost for a week. And I'm like, (laughs) lady, you just, like, you totally asked the The wrong wrong, person for directions. And she's, like, so mad at him. You know, like, when they finally get to where they're going, she's like, you know, she's, like, hitting him on the head with her purse or whatever. She's, like, baka, baka, baka. Like, we were lost for a week. <laughs> I think this is also Yeah, this is the episode where, like, we first see, like, Ryoga's transformation. And Rama confuses it. Like, Rama thinks Ryoga turned into the dog. And he, like, he brings the dog <laughs> inside. Like, he's feeling sorry for it. And he's, like, I can tell this is you, Ryoga, just by the dumb look on your face. And he's talking to that dog. <laughs> and Akane's, like, that's the neighbor's dog. <sighs>
2: yeah i think i think that like when when ryoga like gets lost or whatever and like like that that kindly old rich couple adopts him or whatever for like a couple days like that that stuff's kind of funny to be like just i i don't know there's there's a lot of i i think there's a lot of good funny episodes in in all of these but i mean like like i said if i had to point it'd probably be like like i said the the seventh episode is, I think, where Ryoga's is introduced because it's called Enter Ryoga, the Eternal Lost Boy. And then, like we were talking about, the the introduction to Shampoo is pretty cool too, where Enter Shampoo, the Gung Ho Girl, I put my life in your hands. Like that's that's a fun episode as well. So I, I enjoy those. I did kind of have a what the fuck thing with the the ice skating rink martial arts tournament thing.
1: Yeah. No, like there there on this set there are two three-part episodes and honestly like I those were the ones I wasn't so crazy about like there were lots of funny moments in those episodes but like overall I'm kind of like okay we're still doing gymnastics okay we're, we're still skating but like in the ice skating one like, like I like that crazy ice skating girl who like when she thinks something is cute she like basically she steals it And she calls it a name, but she sees P-Chan, and she's like, (laughs) she calls him, like, Charlotte. She's like, oh, charlotte and she, like, puts the collar on it and everything. And, you know, like, they're basically, they're fighting for P-Chan. Like, she's totally wacky, and she ends up, like, (laughs) at the end, she ends up, like, stealing Rama's dad, Ginma, like, in his panda mode. And I think she calls him, like, Oscar. So, at the end of the episode, she's, like, saying goodnight to, like, all these, like, wacky... Thing she stole, and you know, like a little toy soldier, like all this stuff. And she's like, "Good night, Oscar." And he's like, he's dressed like a soldier, like a you know, a uh, revolutionary war soldier, and he's got like makeup and stuff on his face, and he's just kind of sitting there, like he he's like, "I hate this."
2: <laughs> yeah, because it's it, it's like a brother and sister skating duo. Because the the older brother's named Mikado, and then this this crazy girl who basically steals people's stuff because she thinks it's cute. And, and gives it a different name, you know, is named Asusa, and and she's always like, Asusa says you're cute, you know, or whatever, <laughs> and that kind of thing, but, like, even, even their relationship, because it's, like, Asusa, like, it's, like, Mikado tries to come in and be all kind of, like, he's, king shit dude or whatever and, and he thinks you know he's basically like Akane will kiss me you know and this and that and the other thing and makes all these kind of you know declarations and everything which of course piss Ranma off but then the other thing that cracked me up was like or, or was kind of weird about it was Asuza like beats the shit out of like it's, it's played for laughs where it was like he's this like kind of cool good looking dude But it's like, imagine if, like, Tom Cruise walked in the room and is like, you girls are going to get all wet for me, and you're going to kiss me, and I'm a super (laughs) badass, and I'm Tom Cruise, and look at my shiny smile and my great teeth and all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like, you know, Katie Holmes comes in all crazy-looking and, like, beats the fucking shit out of Tom Cruise's head. And then there's, like, this big, giant bulge, like you know, of like where she beat the crap out of his head, it, and it's just kind of like this weird, you know, it, 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 it's that point where you're like, how violent does this have to get before it stops being funny? Like it's like what it's kind of like the rape joke. It's like, is it is it still funny? Is it not funny? Is it funny after the fortieth hit? You know, like that kind of thing. And you know, I mean, I mean, there's some good moments in it where you know, Ranma basically is like you know you talk shit about Akane i'm going to kill you you know and 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 it's 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 a definite moment for the two of them you know but it it does seem kind of like th- there is an aspect where you're like oh this is kind of ridiculous you know like they're skating and martial arting while they skate and you know <laughs> i don't know it's just it's kind of funny did you did you feel the same way or differently about the whole Takeout episode, like where all the girls are like racing with the 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 takeout box or whatever the whole deal was.
1: I didn't mind that episode. I guess just because it was kind of a you know, it was just a one off. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like a big two or three. Oh, I, of, I, I but guess I what you are saying,
2: like they didn't they didn't make it like a three part episode about takeout. It was just the one episode. But like the the skating thing turned into like this mega epic arc or whatever for, for like three episodes. <laughs> so no, no, I get it. I get it.
1: I do think like that. That is that is one of those episodes where you start to see like just how kind of like sneaky Rama's dad is because he has set up like another like arranged marriage for Rama. One like you know, Rama has totally no clue about this one either. And like I think, I think the more you get into this series, especially when uh, Haposai shows up later on, like you see like just like just how like kind of like. Sneaky and conniving and desperate, like Rama's dad really is. I mean, I like him as a character, and he's like, he's especially hilarious when he, whenever he's a panda and he's like holding up like random signs or whatever. But like, yeah, I like. I think, I think towards the end of like the set, you see, you're just kind of like, man, like Rama's dad's kind of shady.
2: I I think I think Rama's dad, like, I mean, they they definitely play up the the panda thing for laughs, and it's funny how like. In some ways, like it's almost like he's more comfortable being the panda. Sometimes, like where yeah. I mean, we haven't really talked about um, what's his name, the, the the doctor who goes head over heels for the older sister. Oh, Tofu senpai Yeah, yeah. And, and like and like he, he even works for him just a little bit, you know. And it's like it's like even when he shows up for work, he shows up for work as like a panda, and and you've got like. The, the mom who's like <laughs> his mom is like you know talking about oh gee it must be really tough times at the zoo you know if you're coming to work here you know because she's like thinks he's a panda or whatever so it's like funny or like uh, nabiki is like one of these like if you think Ronma's dad is shady like yeah. nabiki is all about the buck you know like she's selling like you know, sultry pictures of, of, turns- of female yeah. Ramba. She's selling, she's selling pictures of Akane, you know, and it's like she's always having, you know, when, when it's like the doctor, you know, is into... It's Kasumi's the older sister, right? Is that the right... I think that's what her... Yes,
1: uh, is. I guess we didn't get into it, but uh, Mr. Tendo has three daughters. Uh, Kasumi is the oldest. She's 19, and she's basically like the... The homemaker and you know she she tends to the house and usually prepares the food and then the middle daughter is nabiki she's 17 years old
2: yeah and nabiki and is 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 quite the little entrepreneur you know like like and it, you know what's funny about that is i i do have to comment on this is like when i watch the live action version like the way i took nabiki to be is like in the anime in the manga. She's like Lucy to like Ranma's like Charlie Brown. You know? Like she's the one that's gonna like pull the football out and make Rama look like a fucking idiot or whatever, you know. And she does that to everybody. Like, not just not just Charlie Brown. Like it's like she's pulling the football out from Linus and Schroeder and you know, everybody in the whole whole cast, basically. It's like it's like that's that's Nabiki's function on this show, pretty much. But like what cracked me up is in the live action version like she's the hottest like cutest girl in the movie like so it's like it's even funnier because you're like well wait a minute like she's like you're you're almost like oh I would kind of forgive her because she's pretty cute you know but I I don't know that I'd say the same about the anime or the manga or whatever but like she, she definitely has that whole like you know Lucy pulling the football out from Charlie Brown type thing going on for her and then Kasumi like it's weird because she's like the older sister so you'd think she'd be smarter but it's like I can't tell if she's playing the doctor or if she's really oblivious to the fact that he's I mean because like that guy gets so I mean it's like he literally like walks into walls and turns into a (laughs) drooling idiot and starts dancing with his his skeleton in his office whenever Kasumi shows up so i i don't know it's just it's one of those things where it's great for comedic value of of an episode or like when when the doctor's mom shows up into town it's like there's all this kind of hijinks of oh well I, i i need to show you know my mom that i'm you know, I've got someone in my life. So it's like, then Nabiki, of course, charges him through the nose to pretend to be his girlfriend. But then, you know, you've got Akane, who who does it out of the goodness of her heart, and then, you know, by the end of it, it's like, it's like it looks like all three sisters are going out with him, and the mom's like, oh, you always were like your father, you know, or whatever, and she's all happy and shit. But, you know, like, the, it's 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 just, you know, I don't know. You know, the, the, those are some of the things I noticed about, you know, the the sort of family dynamic where you've got these sisters who clearly were not interested in being part of this arranged marriage. Because I guess I guess the whole purpose to it is the 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 school of indiscriminate grappling. You know, it's supposed to have a male hair, So I mean, I, conceivably, ideally, Akane would inherit the dojo, but in order to keep it i guess in the family name i guess she needs to marry a male you know like ranma and then basically then he would inherit the dojo and the name would the the tendo name would carry on uh you know the dojo name would carry on because it does have a male hair so that's that's part of their i guess end goal or whatever you know, and I guess, I, I don't know if this is worth bringing up, or I don't know if it goes into spoilers or anything, but the the one divergence I noticed in the live-action version, or, I mean, there were, there were a number of divergences, but, I mean, for the most part, it, it kind of, you know, I'd say, like, the first hour or half hour kind of follows the structure of the, the manga and the anime this first season, but it seems like Ranma's goal in that film is to cure him and his father's affliction. Whereas, I don't think I ever got that from reading the manga or the anime. It just seems like they show up and there's nothing they can do about this, you know, this scenario. Whereas, I think in the film, they're trying to lead you to that point where it's like, oh, if he just, you know, eats the magic cotton candy, if he drinks, you know, the magic honey, if he... You know does whatever x y and z you know then then you know ranma will not turn into a female anymore you know possibly you know whereas i think in the anime like that's just not a that's not even an option it's like of course this is always going to happen because we need this to happen every single episode and every single week because that's where all our comedy hijinks hilarity comes from
1: right i know in. um some later seasons, like Ranma, like he absolutely refuses to turn into a girl. And of course, you know, he is sometimes forced to. And they, they they do get into that where you see he's he like, well, in this first season, he seems to be fairly okay with turning into a girl. And sometimes he will do it on his own to like help someone or, you know, to like get, to get away from someone. But later on, it seems like he's totally against it like he kind of like hates it and that's where he kind of like you know makes this vow of not turning into a girl and then in some later seasons i know that like he's really he's really intent on getting back to jacinko and finding a way to like rid himself of this curse but that's like you know Two or three seasons down the road, I think.
2: I'm. I guess it's fine if if you're spoiling for me. But the, the other thing that I noticed about the live action version, and I, I guess I'll tell by your reaction when I go into it. But does the manga and anime go into the whole like transvestite bad guys? Like does does that come up at all, or is that just something that the the film made up? that sound familiar to you Mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm. it's like it's like it's like the main the main villains in that film the the principal turns out to be some bad guy named like madam such and such and it's like he's this old japanese bald man but then when he's in his like quote-unquote transvestite identity he's got like these frilly you know gowns and like Makeup and masks and everything, and all these basically like guys in like S and M and sort of like you know lipstick and whatever like constantly uh attack Ronma and like people from the Tendo dojo and stuff like that in the film and like that I wasn't sure I was like well this is kind of you know because they they do this thing where they're like is he and and like what they do is I guess it's some Japanese symbolism for it's like the way the subtitles translated it was oh that that's a sign language for gay and like but i guess what they do is they they take their hand and they they push it up on like the left side of their face so they're like they're like you know so it's like basically like a polite way of asking it without outright saying it or something they're like is he and then they they move their hand up to their face, and like that's part of the, the I guess gag in in those that film or whatever. Because it's like there's like they they obviously have the whole guy turns into a girl thing, you know. And then and then on top of that, like you've got this squadron of kind of you know leather clad transvestite guys like attacking Ronma and stuff at any given moment. So. I just wasn't sure if that was something that eventually showed up, like kind of like uh, you know some of the characters that look like that, and I think it reminded me of characters that look like that, and like maybe Sailor Moon or something. I don't know, but anyway. No, I think I think I'm good. I mean, I I'm glad you had us sit down and watch this. I I look forward to continuing to discuss future seasons or OVAs or, or how you know whatever you'd like to discuss further when we when we get to it. But yeah, I had a lot of fun watching the the first season i can i can speak for the blu-ray at least i mean the the picture quality is good and the sound is good and i i enjoyed watching this and and revisiting some of the early episodes in that format and you know there's a, a a couple extras on it where they i guess some of them are you know videos of like convention stuff interviews with like some of the folks that translated the manga and did different translations and stuff like that and so i mean i, I thought it was a pretty decent set and uh, like i said i i enjoyed watching the show and 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 as i said to you privately like you i'm like damn it now i i kind of want to go and maybe buy some of those figure arts that are out now because i i did enjoy watching the show
1: <laughs> cool you can probably tell like i i, I am a huge fan and you know, it, it is my intent to, you know, do a second season discussion and a third and a fourth. And hopefully we'll get into the OVAs and the films and even the live action one. Which sounds totally wacky, but now I'm like you know, like curious and I guess on some of the things you're saying about it. Yeah, yeah. Totally. But uh, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode of Big in Japan. And Derek if you were on the internet and you wanted to find us or contact us, where would you go? Well,
2: if you wanted to find us or contact us, you can do so at fanholespodcast at gmail dot com. We are on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com dot com where you can check out all our archives of different episodes and of course we've got tons of other shows in addition to Big in Japan, we've got Mobile Suit Mondays, Sentai Saturdays, Toku Thursdays, Transformers Tuesdays, comic books, motherfucker, do you read them, and the Fanholes podcast proper. And, of course, we appreciate all the likes and feedback and notes and hearts and all that good stuff that we get on all the various social medias like Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And we can be streamed on Stitcher Radio and iTunes, of course. So those are all the good, cool social media places where you can get in contact with us.
1: All right. And this is Justin signing off. Don't bully P-Chan.
2: And this is Derek. Peace out. yep yeah, bye-bye, yeah,
0: bye-bye, don't know what to do. Heart is not a game, it's majong to you. Yup-up, feel like such a shrew. Boonies, boys, don't you dare make me wild like you. Before you, boys got on their knees. Run my run, it's me, you always tease. Since the day I ran into you. Run my runma, you stole my heart in you. Don't you dare go and make me wild like you. Somebody tell me why it's so hard to say those three words, I love you, if I let myself give in to you, I'll become just as wild as you.
2: Cool. Tony's online and he's so uncute. I'm going <laughs> to add Tony because Tony's so uncute.